Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Uh, I tell you what we'll do, John. First off, before we even get into the core of this about the property market, etc., I've got questions coming in for you. So, can I, for change, can I take one or two listeners' questions, John, before we start? Sure. Yeah. Yes, okay. Of so, because sometimes I lose out on these questions because we get stuck into conversation, then the listeners yeah. give out to me. If uh, I give a piece of land roughly worth fifty thousand euro to my son, does he have to pay capital gains on it? And roughly, how much have I? The same query concerning another other son giving him land at the value of €110,000, or if they wait until after my death, even though it is will to them, will they then have to pay capital gains tax? I'm also willing my house to my daughter, so what happens is it ca- uh, with capital gains tax? Three parts of that question, John. I hope I've got it out there for the listener right to you. Okay, now, the, um, there are two taxes that your listener should be thinking about. Capital gains tax, by the way, doesn't apply to your son or your daughter. Capital gains tax is a matter for your listener, the man who has the 50,000 or the 100,000 or the house. Uh, In relation to giving your house to any of your family, capital gains tax does not apply because there's no capital gains tax when it is your private residential property. If you're giving a site worth 50 or 100,000 to one of your children, depending on your age, and this is hard for people to understand. Even though you're not selling it to your son, you're giving him a gift. Uh, That's not the way the revenue see it. The revenue will look at the value of that site at the time that you became the owner of it, if it was a piece of your land, and then they will look at the value of it now, and obviously that's going to be higher than the value at the date you got it, maybe 30, 40 years ago. And if there's a gain there, and there will be obviously, there'll be a jump in value, Uh, that could be taxed at 33%. But usually, if you're over 55, you get capital gains tax retirement relief, and there shouldn't be any tax. Now, looking at it from the point of view of the son or the sons and the daughter, the tax you're looking at there is not capital gains tax. It's called gift tax or inheritance tax or capital acquisitions tax. They're all the same thing. And each son and daughter is entitled to get €335,000 worth from you. Uh, it can be more um, if it comes to farmland or businesses because there are things called agricultural relief or business relief. But in general, uh, sons and daughters can each get uh, €335,000 okay. uh, tax-free from their parents. I hope that's of some help to your listener. I hope so too, because there were three parts to that question, and hopefully that has helped the listener. I have another question for him, a morning mix listener now as well. Uh, this listener bought a site which they have the deeds to. Uh, they built a house on the site without a mortgage. Do they have to get the deeds drawn up for this house? No. Uh, again, that's a common misconception that deeds for a house are different to deeds uh, for a site. If you own the site, if you have the deeds or the title to the site, then whether it's a shed or the Taj Mahal on the site, you own it. So there are no separate deeds for the house itself. Um, If I buy a site, get it into my name, and I build a house on it, that house is mine. Right, John, next question. What, what is the property market like in Wexford at the moment? And it's very interesting to hear it from your perspective because we do hear it. Uh, we regularly link up with people in the property market. Um, uh, and uh, Gary Quinn was only in with me recently. Uh, what is the, the property market like in Wexford from, a, from your perspective? Interesting view. Yeah, um, well, here at John A. Silver Co., I can tell you our property department is very busy on sales and purchases. But interesting you mentioned Gary Quinn. Gary and Rob McCormick are the REE 
A, the Real Estate Alliance, sorry, yeah. A, Quinn McCormick in, in Wexford, or McCormick Quinn. Yeah. DNG and McCormick Quinn. Yeah. DNG McCormick Quinn, yeah. Sorry, and uh, the, uh, the I've done some research with the Real Estate Alliance, and the average price of a second-hand three-bed semi in County Wexford rose by 1% in the first three months of this year. Uh, three-bed houses in the county now cost, on average, 252,000, slightly up from 250,000 in December 2022. Uh, across County Wexford, first-time buyers made up 30% of the market during quarter one of this year. Uh, 35% of buyers came to buy in Wexford from Ireland's main cities, mostly Dublin. Uh, there are big differences in the house market within County Wexford. For instance, in Wexford Town, average cost of a three-bed semi is now 237500 $237,500, uh, just up 1.06% from the previous quarter, and the average cost of a similar property in Gorey is 267000 So there you have 237 in Wexford, 267 in <coughs> yeah. in Gorey. And just to compare that um, nationally, um, the selling price of a three-bed semi-detached house across the country, and this is a very broad average, was 293000 in the first three months of the year. And that was a rise of just 0.6% over the previous quarter, but an increase of 5.3% on the same quarter, in other words, quarter one of 2022. Um, Nationally, by the way, first-time buyers make up 60% of the market. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been talking about averages there. Yeah. That, that can be very skewed depending on which county you're in. Um, obviously, Dublin prices are very strong. Um, any main city prices, Dublin, Cork, Galway, are all very strong. Whereas, yeah. obviously, that's why people um, are, with remote working and everything, people are looking to the country and seeing if they can have a better lifestyle and a cheaper house. Okay, well, look, uh, the next question is, why does somebody need a solicitor for buying or selling property? Where do you come into the equation? Yeah, I'm often asked this, and sometimes I say, you know, I think it was at Robinson Crusoe where the guy knocked out his own tooth when he was having a very bad tooth problem. Um, You could service your own car if you know something about engines or... um, But really, uh, most of us go to somebody who knows what they're doing. And um, I'm not here to sing the praises of solicitors, but buying a house complex enough there are a lot of things moving there's the title to the house there's a question of boundaries there's questions about the uh, for instance the, the the family status of the people who are selling it is there a divorce going on is there a separation going on does everybody know what's going on um planning issues is it compliant with planning permission is there a septic tank is there a per- percolation area all those things need to be checked um at John A. Sinsgo, if you have a look at the website, we've kind of tried to simplify the process uh, into seven steps. And just very quickly, they would be that, you know, has the buyer got loan approval? Uh, usually a booking deposit is paid to the seller's auctioneer. That's refundable. You're not tied to it just because you pay a booking deposit to the auctioneer. Uh, next, the auctioneer will issue a sales advice note, an SAN, we call it sometimes. And that's where he sends off the details of the sale to the seller buyer and their solicitors. Next, the uh, seller solicitor sends the contracts and all the title documents, planning documents, etc., to the buyer solicitor, who has to check through all of those things and see that everything is okay. Uh, then the buyer signs the contract and pays a further deposit to bring the total deposit to 10% of the price. Uh, the seller then signs the contract and only then is there a binding contract in place uh, to close the deal. 
and step six would be the buyer solicitor arranges drawdown of the loan cheque from the bank or the billing society and seven on completion or the closing date it's called the completion date or the closing date um, the seller solicitor obviously swaps over the deeds and all the planning documents and the keys in return for the balance of the purchase price now uh, that's, out, that's outlined on our website, Johnny okay. Senate Solicitors, and it's a fairly simple run-through of the steps. But they are the steps. Complications can arise as they're going along. But look, that's what we do. It's great advice to give to anyone who's trying to get on the property ladder because it once again shows the importance of having someone there watching your back, really. But, John, it sounds straightforward, but I'm sure issues or problems can arise within that process that uh, a solicitor needs to sort out. Can you give us an example of some of the issues that you have seen and that you have dealt with? Well, a lot of the hurdles uh, would encompass, um, for instance, site boundaries not being where people think they are. In other words, you get to, most people probably know now what a folio map is. It's the folio or the map of the title which we get from the land registry. And lo and behold, you get a surveyor to check and you find that, oh, even though there is a six-foot wall between you and the neighbour in the back garden, uh, the neighbour's map boundary is two feet into your garden. Now, does that mean your neighbour owns two feet of your garden? No, it doesn't. Uh, but it means the map has to be adjusted right. and somebody somebody's going to have to do that. Another thing would be septic tanks not complying with regulations. Septic tanks in percolation areas, they'd be in one-off houses rurally. Um, uh, local property tax not fully paid on the property that people haven't kept up to date with their property tax. and There can be penalties there. That has to be updated. Uh, structural surveys not being carried out sometimes yeah. by buyers. People don't, sometimes they don't want to pay. It's interesting, you're paying a quarter of a million or more for the house and a surveyor's charging a few hundred and people want to avoid that expense. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to avoid the expense of carpeting the whole house, etc. So yeah. uh, it, it's important to keep these things in mind that you, you are actually spending two, a, a quarter of a million. It mightn't feel like it because you're borrowing it, but, but it, is, it, is, it is your money and you are spending that. And I think it makes an awful lot of sense okay. to get a surveyor through your solicitor to check the house and is it sound is it solid right and sh- should you buy it or if lots of houses will need a bit second hand houses will need a bit of work to be done and if that is so well you better find out what's the likely cost of it before you commit to it right John I'm looking at the clock I'm looking at my next guest and I'm sure you don't want to uh, uh, run r- foul of the uh, 1798 Rebellion Centre in Enniscorthy and they're waiting to speak to me but I have more questions for you so and now, uh, steady, up, steady, up, steady, steady now John Murphy is connected to that as well ok well listen I'm, I'm going to do a doctor <laughs> bill on you and put you on the clock a little bit if you leave a home uh, to a grandson who lived there all his life they to pay inheritance tax? A grandson? Yeah. If you leave the home to a grandson who lived there all his life, does he have to pay inheritance tax? He, he, he could be entitled to dwelling house relief if he has no other property. All right. That's worth, check, that's worth checking out, right. yeah. Uh, does John have any advice for people filling in the RTB registration? I find it very complicated. That comes in from Michael. Oh, um... I, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm advertising for more work for <laughs> solicitors, but um, if you're not used to it, um, it, look, it goes back to my comment about being a dentist or a mechanic. They're yeah. the professionals. You know, go to somebody who knows what he or she is doing exactly. about that and get and get some help. But yeah. obviously there's, there's going to be a cost to that, but go to somebody who knows what they're doing if you find it difficult. 
Right. Uh, Alan, John, I'd like to sell up and move out to the country. I'm in a lovely small private estate, but if I sell up, I might be left with no house with, with be, be, by being outbid. I just want now to go to the country, unhappy. Um, and that comes in from a listener who's asked me to remain. So this listener obviously wants to move to the country, mm. wants to put her house up for sale, but I'm sure she's worried. What happens if she sells her own house and hasn't got one in the country, John? Well, what you can do is you can put your own house up for sale, t- test the market. Uh, your auctioneer could even take a booking deposit. You're still not bound to go through with that sale. And you can get a contract ready and sign it up. And the contract can contain a phrase that says that this contract is dependent on the seller yeah. uh, arranging alternative accommodation elsewhere. Now, not every buyer will accept that. But many buyers nowadays are so keen to get a house that they might accept it and okay. give the lady give the lady maybe six months or your listener six months to get herself organised and see can she get a site. Uh, I'd suggest that first of all she might just make inquiries about getting a site, or or look at what's right. available out what's available out the country, and one contract can be dependent on the other. So you don't have to be out before you know where you are. You know, one can be, the contracts can be interdependent. All right, John, has to be the final question. This listener owns their own house. Their son is living with them. If they die before him, what happens? No one else involved. Obviously, make a will and will the house to him. Is that the answer? Yes, absolutely. Just just leave it to, leave it to your son and presumably they'd like to appoint him as executor as well. Okay. So he'll, he'd be in charge of everything and um, there should be no problem with that. Thanks, John. Great to talk to you as always. Cheers, Alan. And uh, you can get all the details at a very comprehensive website, John A. Sinnott & Cove, solicitors based in Enniscorthy. Our thanks to John Murphy. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.